don't join the gang, but pray. In other words, we want to show that one person with God is more powerful than a whole gang without God. So in order to carry this out as we need to, we first need to have a president of this association. Who would you choose as the president here? How about this young man right here? Would you be the president? He well, then you'll like take this chair president. here. Thank you, you'll take this chair. He's the president. He's the president. Some, before we get through, we may call him king, in fact. We may call him king. Then we need one young man who will represent somebody that believes that God is more powerful than the gang. He's right here. Thank you. We're going to call him Phil. Come, Phil, if you will. Thank you. And Phil is going to, thank you. He can stand right about here if you want to, Phil. And at the proper time, we're going to have Phil kneel down like he'd be talking with Jesus, do you see? And while this has a little drama, it's still very sacred, and yet we have a right to rejoice because here's somebody that's connecting with Jesus, you see. All right, now, the reason that Phil is able to carry on his work so well is he talks to Jesus in the morning. He talks to Jesus at noon. And he talks to Jesus at night. Does that, does that remind you of any Bible character? Who does it remind you of? Oh, uh, here. Daniel. It reminds us of Daniel, doesn't it? So in the morning he kneels down. Would you kneel down? Thank you. And he talks to Jesus. Then he gets up and he carries on his work very faithfully. At noon, he kneels down and talks to Jesus. Then he carries on his afternoon's work very faithfully. Then at night, he kneels down again and thanks <laughs> Jesus for the day. And Jesus gives him a good night's rest. Thank you. Now, because he does so well, there is a little gang that is determined to ruin him. And I need three of the smallest boys. They are here. Uh, that one right there, and the one right in back of him, and this one right over here. Thank you. One of you. Thank you. Now you are going to represent the gang, and you don't realize that, that one man with Jesus is stronger than the gang, see? So you're going to be kind of... Now we need, because the gang is going to the president in a few minutes, and they're going to act so sweet and so nice to get him to sign a law that he doesn't realize what he's signing until after he does it. But what they're after all the while is to get, is to get Phil into the doghouse. <laughs> so we need three girls, all right, the, you and the girl back there, and you. We need these three girls to re come right over here, if you will, to represent the doghouse. <laughs> Here, girls. Yes, that's good. Now, <clears throat> some might call them lions. Really, they'd be lionesses. Lionesses. So this is Phil, a praying man like Dan. Here are the dogs, or lionesses. Here's the king. And here's the gang. And the whole story is to make clear that one person with Jesus Christ is stronger than the what? Than the gang. See? So we'll see what will happen. And the whole thing is to teach us that when people gang up on us and we see there's no hope, we don't know how we can carry on, remember that one person with the Lord 
is more powerful than the gang. That's right. And one person with the Lord is so wonderful that even the doghouse can't eat. I mean, the, whoever that is cannot eat them. Who is that? Lionesses. Oh, the lionesses. That's right. Okay. So now, here is Phil. In the morning, he kneels down. And he asks the Lord to help him to do his work faithfully and honestly, you see, and perfectly. And he gets up and he carries on a beautiful work for the Lord. And the gang don't like it because he's promoted above them. Because he has the Lord on his side and the Lord helps us to be careful, doesn't he? The Lord helps us to be honest. The Lord helps us to do what is right. But they're not asking the Lord to help them, so they get angry and jealous because this man is promoted above them and he should be promoted because he's more faithful, right? Amen? Can you say amen? Amen. amen. All right. So then the gang get their heads together. You get your heads together. <laughs> and they say, now, how are we going to handle him? We want to destroy him. And they decide that what they'll do, since he prays every day, they'll get the king to issue an order that he can't pray to anybody but the the king. And in order king to get the king to do that, they'll go to the king now and they'll kind of pat the king and kind of bow and scrape and, and, and they'll give him something to sign. Wait, 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 here's an order for them to sign. For them to sign. I got this order right here. I have it saved just here. They'll give him this and, and kind of smooth him out a little bit, you know, and smile and kind of like this, see? See, like that. That's it. That's it. And you're telling him that he's so wonderful that nobody should pray to anybody but him for 30 days. And all he needs to do is sign this. So you'll give him the, the, the pencil to sign. And he's going to sign that nobody can talk to anybody, pray to anybody but himself for 30 days. And as he signs it, you'll see how he struts now. The king feels so good that they're going to pray to nobody. See, look at him. Look at that. Oh, isn't that? Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Then they'll take this and they'll be happy, and then they'll bow to the king, and they'll come over by themselves. And then they'll get their heads together again. And get their heads together. And they say to themselves, Aha, uh -huh, we know that Phil prays to the Lord three times a day, and he'll be breaking this law. So we're going to peek. And they see, and then they peek. Now they peek, and they see Phil is still talking to the Lord. The law of the king says, you must pray to me. He said, no, I'm not afraid of the king's decree. When he said, you must pray to me, don't you see? Don't you see? And he carries on his work, and they're peeking. They're peeking. Then he gets up and carries on a beautiful work, faithful, honest. Then at noon, they peek again. They're peeking. They're peeking. And then he gets up and works faithful in the afternoon, and they're so jealous. And then at night he thanks the Lord for And they're peeking, they're peeking. Now they've got the proof. Now they're going, now they're going to the king. And this time they're going to do like this. You signed a law. He must go into the lion's den. That's it. And the king begins to cry. <laughs> he begins to cry. And you keep shaking your fist at him now. He must do it. He must, he must, he must send Phil to the lion's den. Oh, and then you come back, and he comes over to his faithful associate, servant, 
And he said, put Daniel in the lion's den. And when he puts him in the lion's den, the lions don't even touch him. By the way, this is, this is the first, this is the first lion's club. <laughs> they don't touch him. They don't touch him. In fact, this is what they do. Let me show you what they do. They go over in a little corner by themselves and they get their heads together, these lions do. And they say to themselves, look, let's one of us go over and examine Daniel and see whether we should eat him. So this one comes over. Now notice how this, notice how the main lion comes over. Big, long mane, it's the main lion. And looks Daniel all over, all over. And the other lions are just waiting, waiting for word. And the lion, the main lion or the big mane, comes by and says, and, and do this to him. Don't you touch him. And they say, why shouldn't we touch him? And she said, because he has too much backbone. <laughs> so they don't eat him because he stands up for Jesus. He's not afraid of the gang. The next morning, the king comes to the lion's den. Now you'll be way down, like way down the bottom of the lion's den. That's it. And the king shouts and said, are you alive? Is your God still able to take care of you? And he calls back and he says, Yes, 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 and the king hugs him, brings him out, and he's so happy, and he's so happy. And then the gang comes up to the king, and they shake their fist, and they say, the reason is the lions weren't hungry. That's why they weren't hungry. And he said, all right, if the lions aren't hungry, he said, faithful servant, you take this one. <coughs> And he takes you, but you don't touch it, but yell at him. Take him over and feed him the lions. <sighs> and well, they now, very ferocious. They, they wait till he gets a little closer. <laughs> They've eaten him up. Now put him out in the, in the boneyard. You have to move a little bit, son, because that's a boneyard. Thank we don't you. There he is. He, goes, he says, take the next one. Take him over. That's it. <laughs> You wait, see how ferocious they are when he gets near. <laughs> Take him out in the boneyard. That's it. Take the next one. And watch and see what they do to him. <laughs> Put him out in the boneyard. That's it. Now, which would you rather be? Members of the gang or one with God? One with God. Thank you, all you girls and you boys did, and you did so beautifully, and so did our president. Didn't the president do well? My, he did well. Thank you so much. Now you three boys can get up if you want to, because it's a resurrection now. It's a resurrection of the wicked. <laughs> when they get up, you see. Yes. And I think you had a song that just fits right there, don't you? Thank you. I think you remember the song, God is so good, that then the second will be God answers prayer. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. He's so good to me. God is so good. God is so good. 
Now the same God that took care of Phil <laughs> when the gang was going to destroy him takes care of all of us. Let me tell you a personal story. When my wife and I went to the West Indies as missionaries, it made Satan as mad as the devil because he is a devil. And Satan determined that he's going to destroy us, just like he determined to destroy Daniel. I was preaching, and a lot of people were accepting Jesus. And it made Satan so mad that he inspired some of them to kill me. And one of our church members one day came to me and he said, he said, I was going along the road, and I heard a couple of men say, Coon! He said, when people say it in that tone of voice, I know it doesn't mean anything good. Usually they say, Mr. Coon. Coon. And he said it was getting dark, so they didn't know I stood there and listened. And I heard them say, let's kill him. The other said, yes. Doesn't that sound like the gang? He said, uh, when they say they're going to kill you, they mean it. Then the other said, Let's stone the tent. The other said, that's what we'll do. We'll stone the tent. A few nights later, just as I finished preaching, a volley of stones came to that tent. And how many stones do you suppose it took to kill me? I didn't get killed. <laughs> Not one stone hit me, but one stone hit one of their neighbors. And stones broke in and hit and, and tore the tent up a little. You know what the result was? There was a large number of young people finding Jesus. They walked up to me after that stoning and they said, we hope you're not scared. If you'll keep on preaching Jesus Christ to us like you've been, we'll stick right by you. I said, wonderful, we'll do it. And I kept preaching and they kept sticking by me. Then one day I said, we're going to have a baptism. You know, it's a wonderful thing to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, isn't it? And a lot of those young people decided to be baptized. One of these young men had been chased away from home by his father. And he was, and he was put up in the home of a fine Catholic lady. And even though he had been a Roman Catholic, and she was a Roman Catholic, she took pity on him. And by the way, if any of you don't know much about Roman Catholics, some of the loveliest, most sincere people that walk the face of the earth. You know, many times people misunderstand people of other denominations, don't they? And this fine Roman Catholic lady took this young man in, he brought his Bible, and he had a quarterly, a Sabbath school quarterly on Christian temperance. One day when he was away to work, the young priest, who was, by the way, a lovely man too, he came into the home and he saw this Bible. In those days, they wouldn't permit a Bible in a member's home. So he saw this Bible in this Sabbath school quarterly. And he said to this lady, listen, what's this Bible and this pamphlet doing in a Catholic home? And when they get excited there, they don't say, oh me, oh my, they say, eh, eh. She said, eh, eh, Father, it belongs to seven days. They call it seven days there. 
He said, well, no matter who it belongs to, it has no place here. She said, but it isn't mine. He said, never mind, I'll take it. So he took it and the pamphlet to his home. When the young man came, young Sabbath keeper now, he said, eh, eh, where's my Bible? She said, eh, eh, father took it. So he went over to the priest's home and he said, knocked at the door, and the young priest came to the door. And he said, I am the owner, the young man said, I am the owner of, the, of that Bible and that pamphlet. The young priest said, oh, I'll bring it out. So he brought out the Bible, and he handed the Bible to the young man, and he kept the pamphlet in his hands. And he said to the young man, would you do me a favor? He said, I would if I could. What is it? He said, I have found something wonderful in this pamphlet. And I wonder if you'd loan it to me for a few days. And the young Sabbath keeper said, why, yes. And what do you suppose was the next sermon preached in that Catholic church by that Catholic priest? A sermon on Christian temperance from a Seventh-day Adventist Sabbath school quarterly. See, don't make fun of people of other religions. There are a lot of faithful, honest people. And you know, when the devil saw how that even the young priest was so honest and faithful and, it, and, and, was, and was preaching from our quarterly, it made Satan as mad as the devil because he is, he is a, devil. a devil. And we pitched the next tent not far from there, and the news went all over the air. We we're baptizing people. We baptized hundreds of people. And a very wonderful priest in the next place had heard what was taking place. We had no money to advertise, so we got somebody to take a little sign and ring a bell and go down through the streets of the city <laughs> and say, come the tent tonight, ring dong, ding dong, come the tent tonight. And when the priest was preaching in his church that Sunday morning, and he was a wonderful priest, he said to the people, the Seventh-day Adventists are holding some meetings beginning tonight. Don't you stand even on the ground. If you do, I can't give you communion, the sacrament. And he said, now to be sure to remind you not to stay or to go, every night they have a meeting. I'm going in. Take hold of that big rope. He had a great big bell with a great big rope. I'm going to personally ring the bell. And when you hear my bell ring, that's saying, do you stay away from those meetings? That bell was a tremendous thing. That night as we're about to begin our meeting, we heard that bell. Ding dong. The priest was ringing it. Some of his church members were just ready to retire. And they heard that bell ring. And, one, and a man turned to his wife and he said, eh, something very special on tonight. Our, our bell is ringing. Eh, what is it? Oh, she said, seven days, let's go. So they went to the meeting as a result of his having rung the bell. Eh. Night after night, he rang the bell. Night after night, the crowds came. Our tent was crammed, rammed, and jammed full, hundreds on the outside, because this sincere priest was doing what he felt he should do. And I want to tell you, we're having wonderful crowds. One day I said to the people, now I said, next Tuesday night, I'm going to take some pineapple. How many know what a pineapple is? They call them pines there. And I'm going to slice it and squeeze some le lemon juice or lime juice over it. In that island, they believed that if you ate pineapple with any citrus, it would kill you. So to break down their superstition, I announced the next night, as I had the pineapple there in, in my little pulpit and the lemon, lime, 
I took the pineapple out and I said, now I'm going to slice this pineapple and I'm going to squeeze some lime juice over it and eat some. And a young fella stood up, maybe 15, overweight at my left, and he said, here, would you take my pine? And I said to myself, well, he doesn't think this is a real pineapple. I said, surely. So I took his pineapple, sliced it, squeezed some lemon, lime juice over it, and began to eat it. I didn't know for 35 years, 35 years later, we are holding a series in St. Croix, and a man walked up to me and said, are you the same Glenn Coon that was preaching where the priest tried to kill you? I said, I don't know if any priest tried to kill me. He said, do you remember when you had some pineapple, a pine, and you squeezed some lemon? Yes. Do you remember a young lad gave you the pine? Yes. I thought he did it because he didn't believe mine was a real pineapple. He said, you don't, don't you know where he got that pineapple? I said, no. He said the priest later told where he got it. The priest said that he had filled that pineapple with arsenic, given it to his maid, she gave it to the young man, he gave it to me, and he said, I saw the priest that night standing on the outside watching you eat this pine and you weren't even cooperating enough to take sick. And he said, that priest was so impressed that he went back and he studied, what's this man preaching? And he said he studied and studied to show how sincere he was. And he said, this man is preaching the truth. And he said he resigned his parish, went to another island, became a Seventh-day Adventist. I've not been able to confirm the last. But this shows how God is stronger than the gang. And many members of the gang that we think are gangsters may not be at all. This priest was a wonderful child of God. He did what he thought he should do, and when he learned it was light, he walked in it. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. But that isn't all. While our tent was going strong in the rainy season, one night it blew down and was torn to pieces. This was before the priest had done this pineapple deal. The priest went down, got up early the next morning, went down one street and up another, and told the people, God has cursed the Adventists. Their tent is down and torn in pieces. I went down at 10 o'clock, and there were 52 people standing there. They said, we heard that your tent was down. I said, yes. Who told you? They said, Father, we've come to help you to patch it. 50 of the 52 were Roman Catholics. Don't hate Roman Catholics. Don't hate Baptists. Don't hate anybody. And by the next night, that tent had been patched and pitched, and we baptized a hundred people in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So thank you, Lord. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.